0: Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. Taylor, I'm so glad we got a chance to finally get together for this conversation. I knew that if we just let it simmer for a bit, that some topics would surface that would be good and juicy for us to talk about because we talk all the time and I just love the way your brain works and I love talking to you and I love having you as a friend. And so before I get in, you know, before I continue my love fest here, will you please tell people a little bit about yourself and who you are in the online space?
1: Sure, I am Taylor V. I am... As of lately, calling myself an offer coach because I think that there are two sides to every offer. There's the detail side, but then there's the person that people want to buy from. And I am brilliant at pulling that person out and and really helping them to speak for with authority and confidence and clarity about who they are and what they do. So they, they really stand up to the results that they say they can deliver. And that's what I like to do. That's what I like to talk about. And I use a couple of tools to get there, but um, yeah. That's me.
0: Okay. Can I just pause and reflect on how you were like, I am brilliant at, that made me smile so hard. Inside. <laughs> because I just like think, and I tell people I'm brilliant and I'm a genius all the time. Like, I think there is something to be said about standing in your brilliance.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I th- it took a while to get here. I think that when, especially when you get into the early stages of business, you start looking at what other people can do, and you try to kind of match their energy or match their skill set instead of match their frequency, match their their aptitude, match their competence. What is it? The, what's the thing that you do? And are you in it until you can say it effortlessly? It, it's not if you have brilliance. It's what is it, and. You know, I love this topic because I think so many people need it.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which it kind of makes me think about you and I were talking about self-trust, advocacy and the tools that we have recently come across to help us get to that space for ourselves and in Mm -hmm. helping our clients with that. Because and it's so interesting, like things that are supposed to be yours. Well, I believe if things that are supposed to be yours will always come back around. And right. one of my very 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 first offers was called the Genius Lab. It was just where I sit there and listen to a person's story and their brilliance and like just their story and what they love and what they're passionate about. And I would read their energy and I'd listen to when they start talking faster and when they get excited blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, there there it is, there it is. And so it's kind of like what you were talking about. It's not if you are, it's not a matter of if you're brilliant, it's just like, what is your brilliance? What is yeah. your genius? So that that could come out.
1: Yeah. I don't think that we're taught to really listen to ourselves, you know, so it, it can be very hard at times to hear your own
0: change in tone or change in inflection. So
1: yeah, I, I think that's well, awesome.
0: But so it's so interesting, right? Because we're, we're in the coaching industry mm-hmm. and at least the way I was trained and you were trained that way too, because we went to the same school is that, We are just here to shine a mirror, Mm -hmm. to ask questions for enough questions for a person to see the answer or feel into the answer for themselves. And then we get into building the business of coaching. And it's like all that mess goes out the window. Bye. And you just left with you in a room and a computer. And you got to figure out how to capture
1: what you never really had to look at. You know, you have to figure out how to articulate what you didn't spend a year or however long your certification was studying. You didn't, you weren't sitting there trying to figure out how can I position myself as an authority. You were positioned as a leader, you know, leading the conversation so that someone could see themselves. And so, it is it is a very vulnerable experience, I think, to get out there and sell. And I think that, particularly particularly for people who are in service-based industries like coaching who want to help and help other people see themselves, it is very counterintuitive, you know, to really study who you are and study what you talk about and study how you say things and listen to your own sound, not to fix it, but to amplify it. You know, it's a very counterintuitive, you know, muscle to work, so... Yeah,
0: yeah, this is I, I, <laughs> right. And I, I think is that that's part of it too. But I think also is the part of we spend so much time in service to our clients. They're mm-hmm. the they are the one that has the answers. And then yeah. when we go to build our business, every it seems like. Everyone is yelling, no, I have the answer. Follow me, follow my one, right. two, three, follow my blueprint, my roadmap, and all yeah. of the things. And I think one with you, you talking about the vulnerability in that, and two, just like wanting to get it right, not wanting to mm-hmm. fail. Really, I do believe that it's coming from a genuine place of I want to help people. This person seems to know the answer because they're out there. And so it at least what I've witnessed in myself and in other people is that it cuts us off from our mm-hmm. own wisdom. So then that person becomes kind of like they know all the answers and I don't. And it's yeah. it's a weird, weird space to be in. So what's your experience been with, with that? I mean, I
1: I can definitely relate. It took me a while to value the experiences that I had pre-starting my business and coaching. I, I just assumed that they were irrelevant because they weren't the same activity. So for example, I grew up in ministry. I've been leading and facilitating groups of various ages and and, we, and causes for years. But when I got into coaching, a very common approach, at least in in our sphere, is to start with one-on-one and then go to groups. And the encouragement for that is that you build your chops, essentially that you find your message, you, you get results, you create demand so that you can fill a group. And I don't disagree with that for that reason. But when that reason is kind of weaponized against you. Like I haven't had enough experience yet in coaching, so I can't run a group or I haven't done enough yet, or I haven't been a coach long enough. That's why I can't do this or this option isn't available to me. I think it creates, you just kind of cut yourself off from your own wisdom. You cut yourself off from your own instinct. So what even though I could, you know, pop an idea in a group and, and I would have, you know, a hundred people jump into my space ready to rock and roll. I would discredit that as being valuable because I'm like, well, that just happened on accident. And so mm-hmm. I think it just, it when you, when, how can I say this? When you don't when you, when you really aren't accustomed to really valuing your experience and your own wisdom and you don't make it your responsibility to believe in yourself and to find evidence for your own wisdom and how you are naturally already successful, then you do like I did. You start paying other coaches and other programs or you seek certifications to attempt to kind of compensate for the gaps you think you have instead of... Actually, investing in skills you legitimately need to develop, and there's a, it, it's a fine line, but it's a very expensive lesson to learn, and and that's one of the things that we had kind of talked about pre this conversation about including is just who you are as a buyer shows up, and then how you sell, and that's part of my narrative as a buyer is trying to buy my way out of insecurity instead of investing in my skill sets or the the skills I just want to develop, and it, it's it's just different.
0: Ooh, that was, ooh, that was deep. Are you trying to buy your way out of insecurity? Whoa, yeah. because it's interesting. And I I, I got to find this post that I wrote about how to figure out what to invest in, in your mm-hmm. business. And I think on a subconscious level, and you and I have talked about that too, in terms of our difference in human design, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we're about to get into now. But um, <laughs> in terms of like subconsciously or unconsciously, I knew that people needed to understand what were the skills a business owner needed to have. And so then I write this post about like how to figure out what you need to invest in in your yeah. business, or how to think about those investments, and not realize, and and that was in response to seeing so many people just throw money, like it's yeah. like they were just throwing money at their business. And I didn't have the language until you just said that, like, oh, they were trying to buy their way out of feeling insecure. Whoa! And my answer is just like very practically, like, yeah. oh, if this is an organizational chart. And these yeah. are the parts that make a business go, i.e. Yeah. marketing, sales, operations, a.k.a. delivery, your offer. And you know the skill part because you've already been trained in that. Then that means that there are two other skills that you need to develop. It, yeah. it is just that simple to yeah. me. And I didn't realize people would just hear. They would be thrown back and forth by the the various marketers of like no you need this and no this works and no you need this and my way got me to seven figures and six figures and da 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 and it's like wow no wonder people yeah. feel traumatized in a way no wonder it's they they're saying I tried this and I tried this and I tried this and it didn't work no amount of strategy in the world is going to work if you are like you said trying to buy your way out of insecurity or like uh, Brooke Castillo said from the stage, if you're trying to hustle your way past or outwork your self-doubt.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. That was such a good, good statement. Yeah. I, that, that is what I have observed. That is, that is, that process in myself of telling myself, I am not, I'm not going to pay for anyone else for a season. Not because I don't think that they have wisdom, but because I can tell that there's something in me that hasn't been willing to to know the kind of depth of my own brilliance, or or to know just what I'm working with, and so I keep adding people to to this equation, and I don't know what I'm bringing to it, and and I would come out of these experiences resentful. I would come out in pain. I would come out, you know, hurt. Sometimes it would, you know, some of my stories would sound like I was traumatized because those moments were traumatic, but over our the overall. Impact was I left further believing that I didn't have something that was critical mm. to success. And that's what happens when you try to buy your way out of in- of insecurity. You really just confirm you you add money, you amplify your belief that you know not, you don't have what it takes. Wow. I mean, money is an amplifier,
0: right? So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's 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 true. <laughs> I mean, and I think, too, it's so there's two sides of the, the the coin that I want that I'm kind of thinking about right now, because I've yes. had my own experiences where I try to, like, defer responsibility to the person who had the step by step blueprint. Like, OK, yeah. I know I know how to take action. So if you tell me the steps, I'm going to do the steps. Totally disregarding my emotional state while I was oh. taking taking the steps. And so now from this vantage point, I'm like, no wonder it didn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And but at the time I was very much like you resentful, afraid mm-hmm. of yes. reinvesting in in a program in a coach in myself. I was I felt traumatized and it took a lot of compassion mm-hmm. it took a lot of retelling re-look looking at the story again and retelling the story so that I didn't feel at the victim of mm-hmm. the program the circumstance or whatever where I was like okay yeah that really sucked mm-hmm. that really really sucked when it happened yeah. and this is what I learned from it mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when people say, oh, the toxic positivity and whatever is like, no, we the to me, the difference is when we sweep aside the part where we're like, nah, that shit sucked while I was in the middle of it. Right. Like when I don't pay uh, honor that when I don't honor how I felt in the moment about right, it. Right, right. And this is what I learned from I learned how I wanted to show up, how I wanted to sell, how I wanted to be with the people. And to your point, we were talking about like how it shows up when you're in a in a sales process or when you're launching or anything. It's like if we don't go back and retell the story, mm-hmm. it whatever we felt will be trapped in our nervous system, mm-hmm. and we will find ourselves the the main four: fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. We will find ourselves paralyzed. <laughs> and unable to sell even though we know we're brilliant. Yeah. Unable because we haven't addressed the nervous system. We haven't addressed the stories and how we felt in the moment. So yeah. what's what's your experience then?
1: I think looking back now I can see where I was in, you know, the big four if you will, but in the moment I would not have said, "Oh, I'm I'm in flight right now or I'm fawning right." Now. Like that wouldn't have been I think I think because it was my way of coping with it, it didn't feel like I was traumatized anymore. It just felt like this is this is what I need to do. This is now the smart way to make decisions. This is now the what I didn't see this before, but I'm gonna catch it again. Kind of like it's almost like a almost like a an indignation. Like, you're not gonna get me. There is a right way. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember our calls. I used to call you and be like, that program sucks. And here's how you fix it. And these are all the things you need to do. And I can't believe that they didn't even see this. I mean, we're all just human. And, and you just kind of like, it, it, it's almost like an arrogance comes with it and, 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 I stand by some of the assessments that I made what I no longer need to stand by is the energy that I made them in it's no longer urgent it's no longer like desperate it's like if you ask my opinion yeah i have some i have some observations that may make that experience more productive and effective for what you see what seems like to be your t- intention, but I don't feel unsafe anymore. Like I don't feel like I need to protect myself or protect other people from this thing that could come and get them. So I don't know if I even answered your question, but I think that is my epiphany or my awareness about this now is like, whenever you're, whenever you perceive there's a villain, then just know that you're kind of standing in a victim mentality. And the kindness is to ask yourself, what what has created this sense of unsafety for me? What came after me? Instead of saying, there's nothing out there that can get me, just say, what do I believe came and got me? You know, that, that kind of thing.
0: If you're open to sharing, what do you think at the time you believed came after you or came to get you? That's a good question. I think I
1: believed in general, because I don't have a college degree and because my my path to coaching wasn't necessarily paved. I think I just believed in general that my ignorance was kind of like, I don't know how to say it this way, but kind of like chasing me. Like it was only a matter of time before people were going to catch on that I didn't know what I was doing. So every course program or experience I went, I was looking for them to tell me that thing that I was missing. That if I had had these experiences, if I had made this much money, if I had had these opportunities, then I would have known that. But I obviously didn't. So I I think it was like this belief that there's this this looming information or knowledge or, or, you know proprietary thing that you get when you've, you know, accomplished metrics that everyone else has accomplished, you know, because that's my narrative. Everyone has done it except me. I think that was the villain, right? It's coming to get me. And all of these, you know, programs that were poorly planned, I'm doing air quotes right now, that these poorly planned programs didn't protect me. They should have told me that I wasn't the kind of person who could succeed here. They should have warned me that I didn't have what it takes. And so because they didn't, now I've wasted money. But really it's a belief that I have that there's something that I lack that could keep me from getting what I want.
0: So thank you for sharing that because I often wonder when, when we think about knowing what our brilliance is, one of the things that I didn't realize, two things that I didn't realize that was like inherent in me is I, in in many regards, I trust myself and I trust myself to know what I need and to go after it. So there are many times where I go into a group program where I'm like, I need this thing over there, forget the rest of that. And not often do people do that.
1: That tripped me out the first time I heard you say that. We We were sitting at a group dinner, I think it was with coaches in Atlanta. And I am fairly certain everyone at that table at the time was making significantly more money than I was. And you all were talking about how you go through courses. And it was like this general understanding. This is my perception, right? So if you were sitting at that table and you're listening to this episode, I'm deciding for you that you agreed with everyone but me. Okay. Just my story. I tell it how I want to. And from my perception, everyone agreed that we don't watch all the modules and we don't do the whole program. We only get what we came for. And that is a permission slip that I didn't know I had. Because remember, my narrative was I'm missing something. So it was my responsibility to comb through every module, every assignment, everything that they said. Because if I didn't, I didn't have an excuse for why I didn't get the result. It was my way of living into the narrative. Like if you say that you're missing something and they say that they've got it, it's up to you to find it. So I would just become like engrossed in people's work. Now it makes me very discerning now. I mean, it's, a, it's it's an asset. It's a skill I've developed, but it was developed from insecurity. It was developed from a fear that I was missing something. So I just tried to make sure that I got everything from everybody. And and the net, okay, so the positive is, right? I can be very discerning about material, but the, the negative side of that is I got a lot of stuff I didn't need So it made it very hard to know what to implement. It was very overwhelming. I didn't know what to apply to my business. My offers became schizophrenic. My business became schizophrenic. You know, I remember one time you get reflected back, like, are we still, are we sticking with this? Are we going to do this? And it was like, I don't know, because I still need to take another course and they may show me something else that I need to know. I just don't want that for people anymore. I just don't want that kind of anxiety for people anymore. You don't have to live that way.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> that is. I'm. I'm so glad we're just bringing that to light because I think I appreciate you bringing that up because I think there might be some people that are listening that have done the same thing and that think that there is something wrong with them because they they did that mm-hmm. and and I'm just here to say there's nothing wrong. Like we yeah. we are. We were raised in a society, many of us, where it's like you do what the teacher tells you. You do all the things, finish all your homework, get the good grades. And and if you get the good grades, then you get the gold star. And that means that you'll be successful. So it makes perfect sense that many of us come into the business world looking for the step-by-step and looking to do all of the things, unfortunately, even if it doesn't sit well with their spirit. And I think the biggest lesson that I had is before I got into coaching, having so many other businesses, where I've learned the the hard way that there is no step by step for building the mm. business. So I think that's part of how I got into that space where I just go get what I need mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah,
1: I like that. I like that permission. I think I, as we're talking about it, has me kind of thinking about human design and the different types. And you know, as a generator type, it's a responsive type. So I would imagine if you've, if you've, let's just argue innately, you've been responding throughout the course of your life, whether consciously or, or unconsciously, then it makes sense that you would develop an ability to kind of filter out that I can't do right now because I'm doing this. Like you've, you've kind of had a lot coming at you. So you've kind of sorted it out. This is kind of how I'm internalizing it right now. But in my case, I'm a non-sacral type and there's three of them. And for those who listen, I'm a manifester. And we're kind of initiating, you know, so when we allow ourselves to sit in a container and, and we kind of submit that energy to someone else, we're expecting them. It I don't know if it's intentional, but we, we kind of sit in it and we're like, okay, we have to do, like, we have to listen. We have to capture. We have to, and especially when it's driven by insecurity, because the way we're made, human design would articulate is to keep going, to just trust our gut and trust our spirit and keep moving. So if we pause that process to sit with somebody, it's almost like we expect that experience to be worth it. And I don't think that's a healthy coping mechanism. I've just noticed amongst people who maybe who are non-sacral, who, who just when they they invest a lot of money to sit at someone's feet, so to speak, like we see this with projectors, they thrive in systems because they'll sit at someone's feet and they will learn everything. And then one day it's like they have this epiphany and they're like, oh my goodness, this isn't everything. (laughs) There's something else out there or this doesn't align with me. I I understand it, but it no longer aligns. And I just think it takes us a while to to work that out. But I don't know, I, I just noticed that kind of dichotomy between our Between our experiences, maybe, maybe it plays and maybe it doesn't
0: say more about the human design for the people that don't know what, what really any of that is. And because my experience of human design was, I mean, yes, I had a lot of self-trust to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then learning a little bit more about being a generator and human design gave me so much more mm-hmm. uh, permission to just yeah. be myself and lean in and do the things that I naturally do. And sometimes you're like, Oh, is that a quirk or is that a thing that, and they reflect that, Oh no, that's how you were designed, how you were yeah. made. And so it's like, Oh yeah, let's do it. So what can you just like, give the, like a little teeny, breakdown of human design and how we might be able to use it to trust ourselves more and not burn out in business. Because it was fascinating watching you at the table at Mastermind, just look at everybody's charts Mm -hmm. and basically tell them about themselves.
1: So. <laughs> so human design is just a synthesis of some Eastern and Western philosophies mixed with quantum physics. They call it the science of differentiation, just meaning everyone's chart has individuality and we're looking for the differences, the nuances, The we're looking for your individuality instead of looking for your similarities to someone else. And so it's breaks down everyone's chart using their birth date, location, and time. It has some astrological influences. So if you've ever done your horoscope, you're kind of familiar with, it heads in that direction, if you will. Um, And we pull up a chart and that chart, as some people call it, is just a map of how energy gathers or flows in your body or in your experience. Because energy isn't just what you feel on the inside, it's what's moving around you as well. And so we can use that kind of map and and I can look at it and then say to you, ah, is this what it's like to be you? Is this a theme that you notice in your life? And then you have to validate that because this is just a picture with colors and lines and and shapes. So I don't, and for my personal position is it's not an authority on your experience. You're an authority on your experience. And this gives me a starting point to the conversation. And I think that's really why so much self-trust and so much permission comes out of it so often is because the process of learning your chart requires you to validate your own experience. And there's just very few tools that ask you to validate. Ah, do you feel that way? Is that what it's like to be you? Because if so, here's some language for you to be able to explain that. Yeah, it's
0: it's super fascinating to me because whenever I when I started helping people with their design their business before Mm -hmm. I got in launch and it was just the basics of designing their business, I always looked at their personality introvert, mm-hmm. extrovert. I always looked at like, what were their preferences in terms of the medium they'd like to use and the platforms that they'd like to participate in? Like I was trying in a way, I was really trying to understand the person mm-hmm. so that we could design, co-create something yeah. around that. And it was always, like you said, very uh, permission validation. And I see something, how is, is that, how is that landing for you? Kind of thing. And then human design to me was just this greatest thing because then I could just get a birthday and a location and just like, oh, okay. I've sifted through a lot of this stuff already. Now let's go. Like just can validate these things and let's go from there. So yeah. I think
1: I think that's one of the things that makes human design so different from other assessments is that it isn't just trying to articulate how you relate to other people or how you get something done or how you process the world. It really is attempting to articulate or to explain what it's like to be you. And so when you build a business off of the experience of a person versus what they have the capability to do, you get a business that fits better. You get ideas that fit better because you're not asking them to rise to the occasion. No, in your natural state, when you are happiest, when you are most at peace, this is your superpower. So how can we create a business or a concept or a strategy that supports you in your most natural, most effortless state? You don't have to try to do this. This is what it says when you're not trying.
0: Yeah. And I think that is such a gift to give people. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm like so excited to continue doing this work with people mm-hmm. just from a like a business that fits like a, a, and a You know, when I was a kid, maybe not a kid, more a, a younger adult. And I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a millionaire one, one day. People say, well, why? Well, one of the first things I wanted to do was have an Italian shoemaker that made all of my shoes for me. And I wanted them to have put extra padding under the ball of my foot, like design mm-hmm. custom for me because I have super mm-hmm. flat feet. And I, and I see really? these beautiful shoes and they hurt so bad. And so that's mm-hmm. one of my big dreams. Like when? I make the billion, I mean, I probably won't even have to wait till a million, but I want someone to make some shoes just for me. So it makes me think about how, I think because that's what I dreamed about so much in my mind, that's why I kind of design people's businesses that way. Mm. Like I want to make it just for you. Like it's nothing that you've ever seen before, but you absolutely love it because it speaks to you. It is you.
1: That's hilarious that that is, that that is why, or one of the stories that you connect with. So I have very large, very flat feet. So I always wear flats. You will probably never catch me in heels, not because I don't like them, but for exactly what you said, they are painful, like super painful. And I used to dream of having my own shoe line. That would allow people with have who have very flat feet to be able to wear beautiful shoes, but not be in pain. So, and and I'm really tall, I have really long legs. So I was like, I'm going to have a clothing line for people with really long legs and curvy butt. Like, so we probably relate, and maybe that's why this is kind of something we kind of geek out on. Is how can we make this work for you? I mean, and your name is Taylor, so yeah. Well, um, (laughs) I do try to live up to it.
0: Yeah, that is so funny. Well, I appreciate you so so much, and so. Before I ask you my last question, can you okay. please tell the people how to find you, follow you, tap into your brilliance?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at hello taylor v. On Facebook, my Facebook page is the same at hello taylor v. And then any of my links will be posted there. My current signature experience where you can. Really go into deep self-discovery using human design, come out with an offer that not just serves well, but really reflects your natural talent. The thing that you do effortlessly, the thing that people want to pay you for, that they are itching to pay you for, and they're just waiting for you to sound like you want them to pay you. That thing, that signature experience is called offer obsession. And um, I just think that you can make money
0: from obsession versus fear. So yeah. No, you didn't say sound like listen I'm just trying to
1: tell my story y'all can take that for what y'all want everything I said is only the stuff I have personally lived people love to give me their money and for a long time I sounded like someone who wouldn't know what to do with it
0: and it's just not true Uh, so there's that good people (laughs) all (laughs) right (laughs) anyway so would if you could go back and tell a previous version of yourself one piece of advice what would it be
1: I could go back, tell a previous version of myself, one piece of advice. That's a tough question. I probably would tell, do I need to say like when, what version? No. Okay. I probably would tell me no rush, no waste. So Um, I used to, I had a lot of urgency to get out of Scarcity. I really thought I, I lived with this internal shot clock. Like, gotta get it right, gotta get it right this time. There's like, there's like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else lives with that kind of pacing. Like there's a moment and you need to not miss it. There's a window of opportunity. Someone's ready now. You gotta say yes, you gotta be ready now. Like I just lived with that kind of intensity. And so now I've I've been able to calm down, but it's through reminding myself, no rush, no waste. There's no rush, there's no hurry. No moment you can just miss. And there's no waste. Don't waste your own time. Don't waste your own investment. Be here, be now, make the most of the moment, but no rush, no rush. And like that tension really suits me. It makes me much more calm, but effective. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what I would tell a younger version of myself no rush, no waste.
0: Very cool. Thank you so, so much for coming on here and doing Thank this you for with having me. me. Thank you. This has been great. Thanks for having mm-hmm. me. And as always, thank yeah. you. I will talk to you soon. Bye, friends. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest, and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.